Hey, welcome to 49ers After Dark. Grant Cohn, Jesse Naylor. We're actually not in the same room. This is all CGI. This is all special effects. We spend millions of dollars. We make a lot of money, and now we're putting it back into the production of this show. I think it looks great. How are you, Jesse? I'm doing good, Grant. You know, I know that it looks like CGI, but I, I feel like I could almost just reach out and touch you if I wanted to. I know that's not the case, but we've done a hell of a job. Here. I think we've done great. You rearranged the entire bedroom. I mean, office. I couldn't have done it. But it looks like a very high-tech setup. It's phenomenal. It's nice that we have all these sponsorships. and We're basically big media now. We're new media and old media all wrapped into one. Once you get two people in the same room, it's a different, it's a different vibe. Oh, a complete different vibe. In fact, I feel like it's kind of like we're Pat McAfee right now. You know what I mean? Your mic is off. Yeah, as long as we can figure out our microphones. All right, let's start by talking about the news of the day. Adam Schefter, Matt Mayoko, all of a sudden, very high on Trey Lance. This is interesting because for years, every report about Trey Lance was he sucks and he's not good and I hate him and he smells bad and why doesn't he brush his teeth? But all of a sudden, and it all culminated in Mike Silver writing that the Niners could cut him to keep Brandon Allen, which was like the lowest thing. And it was like no one's ever kick Trey Lance in the nuts harder than that to say that the Niners could actually cut him for Brandon Allen. But all of a sudden, New Day and Adam Schefter, Matt Mayoko, have nice things to say. Adam Schefter says, wait, let's stop ridiculing Trey Lance. He's trending the right direction. Matt Mayoko says he actually has the highest completion percentage of any quarterback Dang. Well, we tried to do it. Thanks for coming, everyone. It's not going to work today. We went on mute. I'm mute. Are you mute? I don't know. You talk real quick. Test. Stop pushing buttons, someone said. I think that's a good version. Can you hear us now? Fine. They hear you, but they don't hear me. It's working. They I'm good, but they can't hear you? They don't hear me. Oh, dang. Okay. So let's try this real quick. Not going to work? Uh, hold on a second. Can't hear Jesse. Hold on. Let's do this. Uh, that'll work. That'll work. What about now? Can you guys hear me can now? Can you hear now? Are we good? I've never actually done a... Uh, we can hear you, Jesse. He can hear us both. Perfect. All right. Let's go. Boom. Let's do it. Man, all right. So, so basically, basically what, what you're saying, saying is all those jokes about Pat McAfee were pointless. pointless. Yeah. All of them. Good. And cutting off my sleeves. Okay. okay. All right. We figured well, it out now. We're good. We're good. We're good. All right. So... What, what I was, I was saying, saying was, was, to me, every time in the offseason that we heard about Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport and these guys talking about the situation, it was interesting because a lot of people assume they're insiders with insider knowledge. Not necessarily the case. What they're doing is they're giving their opinion on what is happening. And we confuse that or conflate that with, oh, they know what the hell is going on. Now what we're seeing is a ton of backtracking on the situation. 
Everybody's backtracking because Trey Lance is playing well. Matt Mayoko's come out and said he's the best one in training camp. And I believe it. I've been there for three days. I do believe he's been the best one in training camp. And so I love to see that the narrative is changing. It'll be interesting to see if he gets into preseason games, how well he plays, what that looks like. But to me, this is a clear backpedal, Deion Sanders style, for sure. Yeah, I, I just think it's interesting, like, I mean, it makes me feel good about the 49ers. Like, they actually are being true to it being a quarterback competition. If Trey Lance does poorly in practice, they've held him accountable for that. Like, I think a lot of us have said, man, it's just practice. Why are you taking this so seriously? And the Niners are like, no, this is our culture. Sorry. Like, we're holding every player to this standard. And if Trey wants to get on the field, he needs to do better in practice. Okay, that feels harsh, but okay. What if he does well in practice? Are you going to reward him? And it sounds like, I don't know, when Matt Mayoko and Adam Schefter talk about the 49ers, I just assume they heard they talked to someone about something. And the fact that they came out with this on the same day makes me feel like the 49ers feel like, you know what? We've let this narrative go a little too far that, the, that we don't like Trey. And I think it's time to let people know that actually he's been doing the right things for like all off season and we're encouraged. And it doesn't mean that we're going to make him the starter. And it doesn't mean that we think he's going to be Patrick Mahomes. But... um it does mean we're very pleased with him. And I think people should know that. And I think he should know that. I think it's a fair take. The question is, is why, why wouldn't they have done it earlier? The only thing I can think of is that, okay, he did all the right things throughout the off season. And now he's not only done the right things, but he's actually starting to perform on the field. Was it that they were waiting for him to perform on the field? Is it simply that? Um, I think it's, I think they were waiting to see results. I don't think they expected him to make these strides. I think they pretty much left him for dead, to use a bad metaphor. And this, this whole Jeff Christensen thing, it's all Trey. And I think they're all like basically saying, wow, like we didn't expect this. We didn't point him in any direction. We like Brock. We essentially were like, we don't want you anymore, but we're contractually stuck with you. Yeah. But we don't care. And he made all these strides, and now they're saying, well, you know what? Um, Let's see where this goes. Like all of a sudden you're like, you lowered the bar so much. We wrote you off. Maybe we were wrong, but now we see, we look at you differently. Like you like grew up in front of us. We put you through hell and you're better for it. And you're the best quarterback in camp. Let's say that again. The best quarterback in camp. Brock isn't himself. Sam Darnold is himself. And that's a problem. Brandon Allen. Come on. Trey Lance has the best numbers. He has the highest completion percentage in camp. And when you look at his numbers, just with the starters are even better. He's almost completing 70% of his throws. So uh, I think it's fair for like people to acknowledge it. People have been real quick to bury him, but I think you need to acknowledge this little recent uptick. And it's nice that the Niners seem to be the ones that are leading this charge. By the way, I don't think you have to mute at all because that's not muting anything. That's the only way you can mute your mic. So I think we're good to go when I talk. I just have to mute mine because you're super duper loud. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, just kidding. No, okay. So let me ask you this. Could it possibly be that maybe Trey Lance is not only playing really good, but Brock Purdy's not playing as good as what they thought he would coming back from injury? And so now they're like, hold on. If we have to start this guy at any point during the season, what the hell does that look like? And we can't have a narrative that he's not any good. Otherwise, who the hell is going to buy it if we have to put him in, in games at any point? Yeah, and if you throw Brock Purdy out there when he's 75% healthy, 
what does that say about Trey? And you know what I mean? Like it doesn't help Brock or Trey to throw Brock out there before he's ready. And I think what the Niners are trying to do is play the best quarterback and figure out who the best quarterback is. And it's not just who played best last year. Like Brock is a totally different person. He missed the whole off season. He's rusty and he's not himself. And he's coming back from this. Like if things keep going this way, then they should start Trey Lance week one. And it's no fluke that they're giving him first string reps. They're giving Donald first string reps too, but Lance is the one that's making something of him. So maybe it wasn't their plan, but it also wasn't their plan last year to be starting Brock Purdy. So they need to be open minded, and I think they I think they know that. That's why they're that's why Brandon Allen's there, right? He is like the physical embodiment of their newfound open mindedness. Yeah, you know what I mean. Great. We'll have that same energy with Trey Lance when he tears it up in practice. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think. It's just interesting to see this whole thing play out because Mike Silver and I went back and forth on Twitter about this situation. I found it interesting that, uh, you know, he was saying just a day ago that, you know, listen, the 49ers don't think Trey Lance is good enough to make this team and go ahead and cut him and keep Brandon Allen. And then today, you've got like main dogs in national media, and then Matt Bioko, who Truth or not, I'm not quite sure how connected he is, but I feel like he's kind of the head media guy for the 49ers. He's NBC, Bay Area. To me, the 49ers let this narrative go if Trey Lance isn't performing. So I guess what I would say as somebody who is looking at these reports, listening to Grant, listening to whoever, listening to myself, when you're hearing Trey Lance is playing well and then you hear these things coincide with it, believe it. Trey Lance is playing really good football right now. You can say it's just practice, but I believe that the 49ers are even more impressed than what even they expected out of Trey Lance at this point. And I, I think also, like, the Niners aren't looking at their quarterback room like they have three franchise quarterbacks. They're looking at their quarterback room like maybe one of them is a franchise quarterback and they're putting their bets on Brock right now, but, like, they haven't even named him the starter for week one. Like, they're, ten- they're very tentative here. And I think they're trying to react to what they see in front of them and what they see in front of them is Trey Lance is the best quarterback on the field right now, but it's only been a week and maybe that'll change. Maybe Brock Purdy will snap out of it and he'll start throwing three days in a row because right now what he has is arm fatigue and the Niners held that against Trey Lance. Well, Brock has it now. Trey Lance doesn't and Sam Darnold is over there completing 58% of his passes like he has every year of his life. So what are they going to do? You can either convince yourself that Brandon Allen is the new Brock Purdy or give Trey Lance a chance. And it sounds like if Trey keeps doing this, that he might just get his opportunity. It seems like they feel like he got a couple opportunities and didn't make the most of them. You can debate that or not, but he's going to get another opportunity. And I think they feel like he just might be ready for it, especially now that he's sort of seen Brock. You know, he's seen how Brock handled himself, how Brock sees the day. And I think they feel that Trey probably thinks he's better than Brock. So go prove it. And I think he's sort of in the process. Yeah, most definitely. I think they are getting a little bit of echo when I talk, so it's slightly picking up. So if you mute right there, you should be good. All right, guys. I just want to see quick question in the chat. When Grant talks, I think it's good. Now that I'm talking, I think the echo should be gone. Just want to make sure that the audio is good. Uh, <laughs> side bet. Jesse Rex, Grant's arm. Okay, I think we're good. Everybody says it's fixed. We got it. It only took one segment to get it fixed. Only one. All right, this is Super Chats. Uh, Weary Nut, who's going to get the most reps August 13th? Uh, 
I mean, I would say it would probably be a split between Sam and Trey, right? Like, they're not going to play Purdy, and Allen will get his, but I imagine he'll be like maybe a quarter at max. No, no, no. It's going to be all Allen. First quarter, Trey. Second quarter, Darnold. Th- second half, Allen. It's going to be an Allen showcase. Uh, good question. Uh, SP, SSP says, here's $10. Thank you. Joseph Boyd, new member. Thank you. Nathan Flores. Dude, been member for two years. What's up, Nathan? Huff Bagwell. I like that name. Thank you. $2. Derek Jackson, two bucks. Raymond Martinez Jr. This walk back came after Silver's article. It did. I think we need to talk about that. We're going to get some more uh, Super Chats in a minute. But I do feel like it wasn't just Mike Silver. Mike Silver came out with an article burying Trey Lance saying essentially that he knows that Kyle Shanahan wants to cut Trey Lance or he thinks he thinks he knows that Kyle Shanahan wants to cut Trey Lance and keep Brandon Allen, but he just doesn't have the courage to do so and he needs to like man up and do it. That's essentially what the article. Then Rich Eisen wrote an article, uh, had a little uh, radio spot saying that essentially the same thing that Kyle seriously could cut Trey Lance and keep Brandon Allen. And then the next day you hear these reports from Schefter and Mayoko. It almost feels like the Niners are like, well, okay, this has gone too far. So what do you think about what uh, Rich Eisen and, and Mike Silver said a couple of days ago, um, burying Trey Lance and insinuating that Brandon Allen has a brighter future than him? Well, I feel like the national media guys get a lot from the local media guys. The way that I saw it was maybe Rich Eisen read Silver's article or heard the rumblings. That, that's yeah, yeah 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 so i mean they've i'm sure that they've yeah nfl network they worked okay so okay so the way that i see it is mike silver writes an article rich eisen gets whiff of it talks about it makes it a big deal what i find interesting and this is where i had the issue with silver and and called him out on the situation is that he took the best day that trey lance had in fact not only the best day that trey lance had grant it was the best day of all the quarterbacks in camp to this date by far and took that day and said, hey, you know what? I think today's a good day to crap on Trey Lance and say that maybe Josh Allen, or excuse me, uh, Brandon Allen, I wish it was Josh Allen. Brandon Allen might be the guy to replace him and they're going to cut Trey. Good move, Mike Silver. Well, I mean, I, I guess I empathize with Mike because no one really knows why Brandon Allen's here. And if you really think through it logically, it doesn't speak well for Trey Lance. It, it kind of makes you feel like they're betting against Trey Lance. My best explanation for why Brandon Allen's here is that the team didn't know what to expect from Brock Purdy, the starting quarterback. And they he wasn't healthy. He was getting a second opinion. And I think they felt that there was a possibility. I mean, Kyle said it, right? There was a possibility that Brock wouldn't even be ready until midway through the season. So they brought in. Sam Darnold and Brandon Allen had three quarterbacks just in case Brock wasn't ready. Brock came back early. And so now it's awkward and they're trying to figure out what to do. And I think Rich and Mike read into it a certain way that I wouldn't read into it. Maybe they're right. We'll find out. But um, I don't know. Schefter and Mayoko seem to think it's not right either. Let me push back on that one for just a second. So the only, here's the issue that I have. And more so, this is on the 49ers. I understand why Brandon Allen is here. But the moment you can see that Brock Purdy is healthy, (laughs) then he's got to go. So my question is this. I know right now he's two days on, one day off. The moment he goes three days or can go through the rest of the camp with zero time off, if they don't cut Allen that very same day, 
there's an issue that's bigger at hand in my opinion yeah i would agree with that um good point i don't know uh we'll see when that happens also i guess the niners could say like they were down you know brandon allen's the new josh Allen, josh johnson in the sense that we we did come down to our fourth quarterback last year we need that guy but like i was on a show with larry and he was making the point like there's no way that you could keep a fourth quarter like like brandon allen isn't going to be on the practice squad so i i don't know do you think he would be yeah absolutely the way that i see it is why isn't he somewhere else sam darnold was a little bit different he signed day one like as soon as he could he signed all right we don't know what the market would have been from for him i'm sure he could have been a backup somewhere else i don't know what the money would have looked like but for allen he was out there and yes i get he was a backup quarterback last year but that does not mean he's backup quarterback caliber caliber to me he's a third string quarterback a lot of teams only keep two I think there's a, a big chance that if they let go of Allen, he's not going to be picked up anywhere and he'll end up on the practice squad. I don't think that it's a foregone conclusion that they can't have four quarterbacks. That's how I see it. I don't think there's a market for Brandon Allen. They, get, they, they signed him at the veteran minimum. I think if the Niners didn't sign him, there's a possibility no one would have signed him. And I like the Niners. Like They take a guy that has no value and they say they like him and they look around like does anyone want to trade for him why because you said you like him well we said we like brock purdy so i don't know um the whole brandon allen thing is kind of cute I, I like that he's getting an opportunity and if that's what it takes to light a fire under trey lance i don't think it's going to light a fire under, fire under sam darnold i don't think he's i think he's fire averse but if this is the the final straw that it took to piss off trey lance and get him to lock in and be you know the vet that he needs to be then brandon allen served his purpose yeah, I agree with that. I think I think Sam Darnold served his purpose, no doubt about it. I guess the question is this. What do the 49ers value? Because the way that I see it is they have three young quarterbacks right now. A lot of quarterback rooms can use a guy like Brandon Allen. Josh Allen, I, I mentioned him earlier by mistake, but Josh Allen talks about how his third-string quarterback has helped him prepare for many years and made him a better player. Josh or excuse me, Brandon Allen being in the league and sitting behind Burrow has had that mentorship under his belt. I don't believe that's something that Donald can do. Trey hasn't even played, so who the hell is he going to mentor? And then Brock Purdy's the starter. So to me, the way that I see it is, maybe it is beneficial to have somebody like Allen on the roster. Does that override the best player potentially making it? And if so, then the real competition comes down to Trey and Sam and whoever they like least out of that is the one that they're going to try to trade or potentially cut. I don't know. When I asked Brian Greasy today what he likes about Brandon Allen, he was like, well, you know, um, he's a vet and uh, he knows the system. I mean, he comes from a similar system. I was like, yeah, I know that. So that that's what Brandon Allen go, has going for him. Like he's a little bit older and he could learn the system a little bit quicker because he's been here. I mean, that actually to me is like, this all feels like a condemnation of Sam Darnold. This is what it feels like. It feels like they brought in Sam and it's not going that quickly with Sam and he's not having this like quick rebirth that they thought he'd have, but Brandon Allen is because Brandon Allen knows the system and Sam has to learn it. And so they're like, oh, it's going to take Sam a little bit. of t-. That's how I read it because Sam is the one that just went two for six the other day and Trey's the one. Yeah, that's the way I see that. It's, it's When they say all this stuff about Brandon, I just have an epiphany. It's about Sam, man. Sam's the new kid on the block. He's been here the same amount of time as Brandon, and he isn't picking up the system as quickly as Brandon. That's how I interpret it. Ooh, 
Interesting. All right. All right. Well, (laughs) listen, that might be the case. And Brandon does have experience in the system. That's what I'm saying. To me, it really comes down to this. The 49ers have two different ways they can go. They can carry simply the three best quarterbacks, which if they do that, then they probably see at some point all three might have to play like they did last year. That's a good strategy. Or they can rely on, let's say, Trey and Brock to get them through the season. That would be bold. But if they can believe that that is a possibility, then you keep Brandon Allen to help mentor and be in the film room with them, guide them through it, and basically be just another set of eyes to help them for week-to-week preparation. It'll be interesting to see what they do. What if Rich Eisen and Mike Silver were 100% correct, or 99% correct? It's just they got the wrong quarterback. Instead of Trey getting cut, it's Darnold. I mean, that would be interesting. I, I have... I am on record saying that I believe that it'll be Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, and Brandon Allen as the quarterbacks on this team, and Sam Darnold will be moved, much like we saw last year with Sudfeld. I think a lot of people had the expectation that Sudfeld would make the team over Brock Purdy because of the money that was owed. Really, a couple million dollars is not that big of a deal. They certainly can eat that money. And if there's a team that is out there that needs a quarterback of his caliber, maybe. Just maybe they will trade for him, even if it's a seventh rounder. If they're not going to keep him anyways, who cares? There's one quarterback on the 49ers through six days of camp whose completion percentage is below 60. Who do you think it is? Kyle Juszczyk. (laughs) It's Sam Darnold. So if this is a quarterback competition, he's losing it. Again, we got three more weeks of this. But if it's a legit meritocracy quarterback competition... Sam Darnold is losing. And when Brian Greasy explained what he liked about Brandon Allen, the first thing that went through my head was this is a shot at Sam, not Trey. Trey knows the offense. Does Sam? I don't know. (laughs) Brandon does. So Sam, shots fired. Better get your stuff together because they will run you out of town. If you don't believe me, ask Nate Sudfeld. Yeah, you might be onto something there. You want to go ahead and get to uh, some of the super chats here? Yes, sir. Uh, Brother Bob, member for three months. Pig in a pickle. Thank you very much. Huff Bagwell, Jalen Hurd retired today. Again. Sorry. Gold-Blooded says, you guys going to do karate in the garage after this? Yeah, we're going to make guacamole too. Josh Wyatt says, would Bill Walsh have spent any time on Sam Darnold or would he have gone out and found the next Jeff Garcia? What does it say about Kyle that he's always infatuated with the not it guy? It means that he can't scout the position. Walsh also would have done his homework on Trey Lance before drafting him. Walsh, uh, I, I really feel like Kyle didn't do his homework. He really thought he was game ready. Should have played him. I'm just rambling. Derek Jackson says, Trey has nothing to lose. He controls his destiny. Orson View says, now that you guys are in the same room, we all like to know who wins an arm wrestling match. Jesse. I'm a good 50 pounds heavier than Grant, so I better win that. So Joey Mellons says, I dig the couch. It's a nice couch. Yellow couch. It's a mustard couch. Sean says, y'all think Trey Lance is throwing less interceptions because they respect his arm? I think he keeps them on their teals and are reluctant to break on throws, seeing they respect his talent. I have something to say about that, and I think this is important to note, too. There are quarterbacks, and in fact, Trey Lance was this quarterback just a year ago. You had Fred Warner come out and say, or two years ago, come out and say, hey, listen, if if you're going to get better, you're going to have to make mistakes in practice. You have to be willing to do so. Trey Lance has not only protected the football at the highest rate, he's also pushed the ball down the field at the highest rate. So you look at that combination. He's willing to take bigger time throws, 
essentially you would think that would mean bigger chances, yet he is not putting the ball in harm's way. In the three days I've been there, no pass has been close to being intercepted. And I find that interesting because to me, Grant, it's almost as if if you miss a, a five-yard dump off, that is worse than throwing a, a near interception. I thought protecting the football was a premium. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Also, like it, it's a very condescending um, cri- critique of Trey. Like, God, he can't even he can't even hit the layups. Like, God, like he's you know not a quarterback. When really, like, he can do a lot of the difficult things. It's just some of the easy things he needs to improve at, and he is. And that's why his completion percentage is the highest in camp. And people need to stop, like, repeating the same old tired talking points about Trey Lance. Because as we always said, it's based on, like, no evidence and no body of work. And he's adding to that now. And all of a sudden, he's a different person. There's a different narrative. And we have to account for that. All day, every day, Kim says national media has Trey getting cut. That was two days ago. Now they changed their mind. Uh, Greg T., thank you for being a member for 20 months. Mike Drops with Monsa says, reading the tea leaves and Lance's potential removal is financial. Brock being QB1 has a lot to do with finances, and it's more than Kyle will admit. It's not because, okay, you have two options here. If you cut Trey Lance and keep Brandon Allen, that actually costs you six more million dollars this year than if you keep Trey Lance and cut Brandon Allen because you have to pay Trey Lance's signing bonus. So if it's financial, the only way that you can spend it as financial, Monza, is, or the 49ers could spend it as financial is, well, we don't want our number one quarterback getting $10 million less than his backup, so we're not willing to do that, which at that point, I'm okay with that narrative because I've been on record as saying if the 49ers truly believe that Brock Purdy is their guy, then guess what? They should show him that and remove all barriers. And a guy like Trey Lance with the fans being a fan favorite is a barrier for him potentially being successful and can impede on his progress. If he doesn't have a good game, and by the way, that's going to happen, what does the crowd start chanting? They're going to start chanting for Trey Lance. Nobody wants to see Sam Darnold. So if you remove Trey Lance, you hand the team over to Purdy. I'm fine with that. Yeah, agree. Gojiera says, you guys see the players call out Shanahan on NFL Top 100 players and Hassan Reddick video. Stop blocking top edge rushers with tight ends. No, but I like that they said that. I feel like Kyle has some serious, crazy, uh, not crazy, but like some serious decisions that haunt him for his entire career. Not running the ball in the second half against the Patriots. Uh, not getting Debo or Mostert the ball in the fourth quarter against the Chiefs. Or not getting Debo the ball in the fourth quarter against the Rams, um, running Trey Lance up the middle in week two. Uh, I mean, it's so many things that he's so defensive about, and that's another one. Uh, All Day Everyday Kim says, national media looks unprofessional at best. Yeah, new media looking great, though. Steve M. Say, says, please go in separate rooms. You're freaking me out. <laughs> Tim, uh, the Ryan G. Hensley show says, can we do this again, but with me sitting in the couch behind you? <laughs> yeah, like the Tom Green show back in the day. Yeah, Ryan's just sitting back here going, mm, good, that's a good take. No, that's, yeah, I see that one. J- uh, Joseph now says, conspiracy, Schefter and Greasy equals ESPN, guys. Greasy fed Schefter stuff about Purdy. Shanahan got wind, ripped Greasy. Hence the disheveled, monotone interview from Greasy and Swisheroo by Schefter. Thoughts? Um, in in uh, fairness to Greasy, he always looks disheveled and monotone. In fact, we had a breakdown of what we thought it would look like today, and that's exactly what it looked like, so we were right. 
yeah, like he, that, that's just what he looks like at all the time. So I can't really read into it. Like I, I, I put out a tweet earlier today saying like, um, he, uh, Brian Greasy looks super excited to talk about Trey Lance, kind of insinuating that he's not super excited to talk about Trey Lance, um, or that he, or that he's just tired of it. He might just be tired in general. He looks tired in general all the time. So I have to say that. Spy Dirty says, "How did Wilkes react to the Greenlaw tackle in practice? Maybe Kyle's looking for leaders. I, I have to step up. Yeah, I didn't hear um, Wilkes yell, but it's not really his place as the coordinator. Swap the couch out with a bench press. Damn." That was rough. I benched yesterday. 185. I did. Strawberry reacts as Grant. You said Brock was the worst quarterback in camp. So Trey Lance QB. I didn't say that. One day. The be- Darnold, I think, has been the worst quarterback in camp. Brandon Allen's nipping on his head. Brandon Allen is the new Brock Purdy. <laughs> Brian Y says uh, this is for the Get Grant Blinds Fund. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I do have blondes. I just have to move them down. Shorty Murphy says, bro, you're in the middle of a controversy again. You see Schefter had to go get confirmation from Niners on how uh, Brock doing, LOL. No? Uh, that that did happen, Grant. Yeah, he, he, well, basically, he said, I was hearing that Brock wasn't doing so good based off of some of the reports. Yeah. But also, let's not forget that he went two for nine on day one. It could have been based off of that as well. I don't think it necessarily came from the way that Grant thought about it yesterday, but maybe it could. And if it was, then that's good for business, I guess. Yeah. Jason says, Grant, during the Greasy interview, he said Brock needs to recognize fleeting opportunity. Does that mean Trey actually has a chance to start? I mean, to start week one? Sure. If Brock like falls on his face or gets hurt, but it does mean that everyone knows that quarterbacks get hurt and Trey's going to get another opportunity and see what he does with it. Uh, Davis, Brant, cool to see you guys in the same room. Love your takes. Again, this is CGI. Gold-Blooded says, no more Niners after dark. This is the prestige worldwide show. That is true. Official Beta Music 88. What's up, Brooks? No kicker podcast with Grant 22 and Jesse the Plug. Oh, Damn. Wow. Wow, Brooks. Come on, man. That's... All right, I'm no longer talking to you. We're no longer friends, Brooks. I mean, why I got to be Adam 22, dog? <laughs> yeah, it's true. I'd rather be Lena or Lena or whatever. That dude has like tats on his face. Looks <laughs> like a dork. Adam. First of all, why you got 22 next to your name, Adam? <laughs> That's the dumbest name of all time. Second of all, do you have Maggie from The Simpsons tattooed on your face? Dog. Lena has to look at that. I feel for her. No wonder she did what she did. I mean, damn, dude, you made that choice. That doesn't come off, Adam. I mean, I want to say like he's tight and stuff and like cool, like what a life. But like, man, you that tattoo doesn't come off. Lena seems cool, though. She seems like she knows what she's doing. Got to give her. You got to see someone. I always respect someone who likes doing something good and then they like do something else. She's on like podcasts and stuff. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> dude you know what adam adam 22 i think was like one of those email things you know how when you come up with a really good email name and then 21 other people have it that that was him but it's actually his name yeah i just don't think he's cool but i think she's cool in some way king chewy two one two ten says grant now you just need to wear a tank top and mouth breathe with this setup should ask jimmy how he felt being scapegoated and do plays really suck what i thought was funny was how jimmy got in a fight with max crosby How'd that happen? 
in practice, like what it did Max Crosby just say like, dude, you suck. And we all know it. Like that would be really funny. Maybe happen. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo fighting in practice, bringing the fire. He also completed a deep ball in practice. You know what, Grant? I'm actually really excited. I'm not going to be able to make it there. So I'm going to be hanging on every tweet that you throw out. But I want to see how Jimmy Garoppolo plays against this defense. And if that's see, that's the full story. It's not just how are the 49ers quarterbacks doing. Now you're going to start charting Jimmy Garoppolo passes. Who's going against the number one defense in the NFL, if he's outplaying all the quarterbacks on the 49ers, can you imagine the shitstorm that comes from that? Oh, it's going to be nice. Christopher Schwab says, let's pl- say Purdy can get back to normal. Going based on last year, Purdy just looked calm, cool, and collected while playing even on the playoff stage. Lance is up in the air. Yeah, well, let's see what happens if and when Brock ever loses a game. Drewish guy says, Debo wants Trey. Does he speak for the whole Cabo click? I don't know what Debo wants. But I, and I don't know what the Cabo click wants either, but I do think that they just determine what happens on this team. I mean, what is the, is it seven guys? The Cabo click is Kyle, eight. Kyle, uh, Shanahan, Kyle Juszczyk, Kittle, Trent, McCaffrey, Debo, Fred Warner, Nick Bosa. Eight guys. The Eight guys. That's it. That's uh, Drastic says, I still can't believe Krug put Brock in the top 15 quarterbacks in the league. That is hilarious. It's a little premature for me. Giovanni says, tired of Kyle handling, handing Brock the QB1 role, needs to give Trey some reps with the starters to make it a real competition. In Kyle's defense, he is. That's what he, If you were here right now, he'd be like, I am. Who's, who, who said I wasn't? Right? <laughs> yeah. Who said, oh, I'm not? He is. Frank Tom Oceans is a member for four months. Thank you. Gabriel Garcia, who's the top bunk? It's his house. I had the bottom bunk when I was a freshman in college. You have top or bottom? Top, always top. My thought process was it would be tougher to get girls in the top bunk. I was like, hey, why don't you come back to my room? We just have to get in the top bunk. <laughs> don't fall. So I made a, like, when I got, I was the last person that, I, I was in a triple. I was the last one that got to the room. And Ho, uh, Jose and Kike got there first. And they both took the top bunks. And they were like, sorry, bro. We got here first. And I was like, thank you. Thank you so much because none of you guys are ever getting a girl up there. Have a great time this freshman year. And I was right. Yeah, I didn't, I guess I didn't think about it like that. That was really good foreshadowing, And especially, or just even climbing into bed when you've been drinking too much, not a good decision. Yeah, you're right. I should have taken the bottom bunk. What was I thinking? I think I probably fell out of the bottom bunk too, but uh, you know, uh, seeing two national reporters state Trey Lance is on shaky ground. Is that coming from the front office? We just talked about that. To, uh, uh, Schefter just kind of debunked that big time today, which I appreciated. Frank Tom Motion says, Grant, you should take Jesse out on the town and make one of your restaurant videos, LOL. We kind of did. I mean, I didn't make a, a video, but we took him, I took him out to my favorite Mexican restaurant in my neighborhood. He had lengua yesterday, changed his life. This is awesome. Love to see you all together. Again, not real, CGI. Moving on. So we just spoke, we just spent the first 36 minutes of the show talking about Trey Lance which is kind of unfair. I mean, we do it because he moves the needle. Everyone knows it. Whether you talk about him positively or negatively, if you want to get the most views, talking about the Niners, you talk about Trey Lance. And that's why there's so many hot takes about him because he's the guy. Although he's not. He's the backup. He's on the back burner until he earns it. And for right now, or for a while, the starting quarterback is Brock. And I think it's only fair for him to be, experience the same level of scrutiny that Trey is experience that Jimmy Garoppolo experienced that every other starting quarterback in the league experiences 
for the last year, Brock has been the little brother, the cool story, Harry Potter, King Arthur. That's over with. All that sentimental stuff is over. He's just a guy with a bionic arm being handed a job and we're supposed to believe he's a franchise quarterback. I think we need to look at him with the same level of healthy skepticism that we look at every single quarterback in the league from freaking Dak Prescott to Geno Smith to Trevor Lawrence, all of them. Yeah, I think it's a good point by you because the way, I mean, I feel like that's kind of something that a lot of us have been doing. You know, it was a really good story. Brock Purdy had great story. Last pick in the draft. Already outplayed his contract. There's no doubt about that. The story of Brock Purdy and what he's accomplished to this point, even if he falls flat on his face, is already way better than what was supposed to happen with him. However, now the narrative is should be changing because he is the starting quarterback. He's been given it or earned it, right? So if he has earned it, then we've got to start treating him like that. Everything that happened last year was cool. That's over now. What does he look like now? What does he look like in the preseason? What does he look like in the regular season? And talking about him and giving, well, he's he's the last pick in the draft. You got to have some grace. No, that is gone. You are a starting quarterback. And by the way, they have decided to forego Trey Lance's development, just like they did with Jimmy Garoppolo, because Jimmy could potentially win them a Super Bowl. Why are they doing it again? Because Brock Purdy's expectations are that he gets them and wins them a Super Bowl. We have to talk about him as if that's the case. So if you're upset that he's being held accountable or you think it's too much, it's not. In fact, it's not enough because that is the expectation, period. And I'm not saying like, let's be let's be hard on Brock. Let's be overly hard on Brock. What I'm saying is let's focus the conversation on the starting quarterback. Everyone, and it dawned on me yesterday when I was talking to my dad about this, like he was very much saying like, it's not about Trey. And it took him eight minutes to say it's not about Trey. And I'm like, dad, I love you. But like, let's, let's, let's practice what we preach here. If it's not about Trey, then who is it about? Brock. Then let's talk about Brock. Is he really good enough? Because we don't know that. And let's not act like just because he won his first seven starts that that means he's above reproach or he's cemented into being a top-level quarterback. We're still learning about him. And part of what we're seeing in camp is rustiness. Part of what we're seeing in camp is a, a, a certainly repaired arm. But part of what we're seeing is just his limitations. That's it. Stuff we're always going to see. It's always going to look like this against a good defense for Brock. So I think that's kind of interesting. Like how much of it is like excuses and how much of it is just his natural limitations that caused him to be the last pick in the draft? Yeah, I don't know. We're going to find that out. But I I do want to say this. It is interesting because every time that you talk about Brock Purdy up to this point, the comments always flood the same way. Well, Trey Lance couldn't blah, blah, blah. Or Trey Lance isn't blah, blah, blah. The the conversation is no longer about Trey Lance. It's Brock Purdy versus other starting quarterbacks. That's the way the conversation should be steered from now on. Now, I know that naturally, Trey Lance is going to be inserted in the conversation, but if Trey Lance is even close to as good as Brock Purdy, then that means you should be having a competition. And the fact that you're not having a competition would indicate that Brock Purdy 
is clearly better than Trey Lance. So there should not be this, well, you know, Trey Lance has outplayed him six days into camp. He's going to continue to outplay him 20 days into camp. That shouldn't happen. The starting quarterback who earned that job needs to show that he is clearly the better quarterback and the comparison should not be with his backup. Thank you. It's not about whether Brock Purdy's better than his backup. Like that's what people always said about Jimmy. Well, he's better than Nick Mullins. Who cares? Is he one of the 10 best quarterbacks in the league? No. Then you're wasting your time with this guy on a Super Bowl ready roster. So is Brock Purdy the best quarterback on the 49ers? Maybe. We'll find out. But is he the best option they had? They could have went after Lamar. They could have went after Aaron Rodgers. They could have went after Tom Brady. Like, they had options the last few years. This is where they're at. Just because he's better than Sam Darnold or Trey Lance, we don't even know if that's true. But if that's the case, that doesn't mean that there's no more discussion here. Like It's the same discussion with Jimmy. Is this the best you can do? Is this the best quarterback you can get? Is this the best quarterback room you can put together? That's the question. And we don't know. I think it's a really good point because the way that I see it is they could let's let's look at the three quarterbacks they could have had just this offseason alone. Aaron Rodgers, they didn't even throw their name in the hat. Lamar Jackson didn't even throw their name in the hat. And Kirk Cousins. So really the comparisons with those guys. And Kirk Cousins was the most realistic. So he better be a hell of a lot better than Kirk Cousins. And if I'm betting my money, I think Kirk Cousins right now is a better quarterback. And I don't think it's particularly close. And the Niners are going to be evaluating Brock Purdy this way. Like maybe you won't because you think he's a good story or you like him or whatever, but they're going to be pretty brutal. That's why they brought in Sam Darnold. That's why Trey Lance is still here. And if, even if Brock Purdy gets the first crack at it, if he's struggling and they're losing, they're going to pull him. And if he plays well all season, but not that well, and Kirk Cousins is available and they can get him, they're going to get Kirk Cousins. So there's a lot for Brock Purdy to answer for this year. And I think that's another thing that Brian Greasy was talking about today. Like, look, dude. Just because you had a good start to your career, you seized your opportunity, doesn't mean that you're done proving yourself. Like things change really fast. If you're not there for week one, they could forget about you. If you lose week one, they could forget about you. So he still has a whole lot to prove. And now that he's the starting quarterback, like he's got a whole lot more eyes on him and more scrutiny on him. And that just comes with the territory. And if he's really built for this, that'll be no problem. All right. Noah, Noah, Noah. Noah, Noah, thank you very much. Donates $100. Make sure you show Jesse a good time in the Bay. I think this might buy you guys a lap dance. It won't. It's not enough. I wouldn't know because I'm married. That's true. I'm, I don't know either. Are you guys married? If the Niners win the Super Bowl, uh, can Grant and QC Jacket take full credit in the presser? Oh, man, that would be fun. Cone Zone and After Dark Fire. Noah, bless you so much. Thank you very much. I'll make sure to pocket all of this and not share it with Jesse. <laughs> Niners Rule says, sorry, it's 124 lap dance. <laughs> He knew and he just, he just donated. So like next time, if Je- if I get Jesse a lap dance, I will let the, the fine young lady know that it was courtesy of Noah and, and Niners rule. The fine young woman, Willie Widener. Wow. Says Purdy is not the answer. Many quarterbacks have enjoyed hot starts only to crash and burn in the coming seasons. That is true. We'll see about Purdy. Jason says, where the F is Bosa? How far apart are they? I don't think he wants to be there. I don't think they're far apart. I think he's just wait, take, taking his time. I think that's no, I, I just think there's so many ways to look at it. I mean, I definitely see why he would want to miss camp. Do you, do you think it's like a, a collusion situation where the 49ers like, listen, man, we're going to agree to this and go ahead and sit this thing out. Or do you think it's more like, he's like, well, let's, let's just keep thinking it over because he wants to be out. Like, I, I guess I'm not quite sure 
like how that would play out. And in my mind, I'm not sure if it's a mutual thing or if it's a Nick Bosa, Nick Bosa thing. So for me, um, that's kind of where it gets interesting. Your mic should still work. If you need me to do super chats and stuff, I can. Oh, you're good. Okay. Uh, I was just trying to log on to Twitter so I could, uh, multitask but i'm on another laptop and it's called x and i don't have my password saved so i don't have any access to twitter so it's okay I'll, i just i'll just go back to paying attention to the show uh <laughs> matthew says fellas i would just like to add that this east coast west coast crossover has officially ended the biggie and tupac beef bringing families together what happened to that lead that they had in henderson nevada that I thought they found the, i'm nervous because i'm going to Nevada and I don't want a killer at large so are they going to find Tupac's murderer I've always felt uneasy about Vegas since he was murdered in 96 uh, that's why you don't stay in Henderson and you stay in actual Vegas you're good uh, true that uh, drastic says Brock is the new Nick Foles I don't know man Nick Foles actually has more of a track record you talking about practice Allen Iverson voice hey <laughs> hey Grant love your coverage this is Eric um, but do you have a P.O. box I can mail a pop, pop a pop filter for pop a cone mic Pops, P's, and B's blow my ears out. Much love. Um, no. Sorry. I'll, I'll get him something better, though. Papa Phil, pre-injury. Uh, Purdy was number one in stats. We'll see. Number one stats. Ta- Tua, Tua was at 1.2. You want Tua? Brock is a good story, but he hasn't earned anything. Brian says, well, go ahead. I, I, I do. Listen, I, I think he has earned the starting job, and that's what makes this interesting. I want to see Trey Lance play. I think you have to be, they have to win a Super Bowl or Brock has to establish himself as the franchise quarterback this year in order to forego the possibility of, of Trey Lance and that development. That being said, you've got an interesting situation because I do believe Brock Purdy's earned the starting role. So I think he's earned that, but I think it's not, it's only for right now. He needs to continue to earn it. Every week he has to continue to earn it because every week that Trey Lance is here, that is a problem for him potentially. I mean, you could argue it's really hard to bench a quarterback, quote unquote, who hasn't lost a game. As soon as he loses a game, that's over. So they have to be prepared for what if he loses week one? What if he loses his first two games? Like this is a different season. Who knows what could happen? Uh, Brian Hernandez says Croc compared Brock to Mark Sanchez. Went to the AFC Championship. His, 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 went to the AFC Championship game. His first two years with talent, talent left, and his career was never the same again. Who says Purdy isn't the same? Pick seventh round for a reason. Um, yeah, uh, Mark Sanchez was the third pick in the draft. I think he's better than Mark Sanchez, but I I think they're. Uh, very similar situations. Ronald Keys, Brock showed it in game. Meanwhile, y'all glizzy go. <laughs> Trey was doing well in the twos. Grant, you have a history for just hating on who you don't like. I like Brock, um, but I don't know. Glizzy Gulp, are you projecting? I've never glizzy Gulp. Cameron DeClark says, what time you guys did this? Been waiting all week. About time you guys did this. Been waiting all week. I can't read anymore. Mike, thank you. Mike Drops with Monsta says, I said on Jesse, so I think Bosa wants 3640. I think they'll give it to him. I think they like having Nick Bosa. Member for four months says 187. I mean, 187 is a member for four months. I'm tired. Cameron Clark says, about time you guys did this. Been waiting all week. I think we're going backwards. Niners Rule says, since Twitter isn't Twitter anymore, what do they call tweets? Excretions, I guess. Manny Fresh says, I hate talking about quarterback because Brock is mediocre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about uh, reporting on camp. We all have different numbers. We're like, uh, Brock completed 8 of 13. We're like, no, 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 no. Brock completed 9 of 12. And uh, explain this. 
Well, I think it's it's funny because yesterday for the first time I was accused for being a Brock Purdy stan. Uh, never had that happen in my life. I I almost felt proud. I almost wore it. Also, for the first time, I've had the the Grant Cohn mob come after me as if as as if I don't do a show with you. This is crazy. So for me, vicious, vicious. It, it was super vicious. So I thought it was funny, and I thought this would be the perfect platform to talk about it. So I'm going to tell you how I chart numbers, and then you can tell me how you chart numbers. And I I would think that after we talk about it, that through this process, people will understand why there's such discrepancies. So the way that I look at it is, I'm going to treat it like a real game. So if I think there was a clear sack, and it has to be clear, I mean, so obvious that the defender gets to the quarterback and literally stops and stands next to them, which is what's happening a lot of these times. Hit you're right exactly so they're not going to hit him unless you're Cleveland Farrell that was awful but if it's a clear sack and trust me it's a clear sack when this happens I'm not going to count the play what ends up happening though in practice is every quarterback after they are quote-unquote sacked because they're not actually hit they do complete the play so a lot of things happened for Brock Purdy yesterday after a potential sack one he threw a near interception right into the chest of a defender but two I think his best throw to Jawan Jennings in the back corner of the end zone for a quote-unquote touchdown came after a sack also. I didn't count either one of those. Now, I do know that a lot of people report things differently. And from what I've heard, the 49ers actually do chart it maybe a little bit differently as well. And that's fine. But for me, if there's a penalty or there's a sack, just like in real life, if, if Brock Purdy gets sacked, in real life, and then gets up and throws the ball to George Kittle 15 yards downfield, are we going to start counting those stats? So for me, I'm just not going to count them. That's why there's a big discrepancy on my part, maybe compared to yours. So what is your process and what does that look like? I try my best to count sacks as I see them. And if I see a sack, I'm not going to count the throw. I'm trying to make it as realistic as possible. But I think that underscores that practice isn't real. It's kind of like football. It's like a football-like substance. It's like it's like football substitute, but it ain't football. And that's why you. That's why I've always been a little skeptical of coaches basing all their quarterback evaluations on practice. It's like, man, there are a lot of weak quarterbacks who can hang in that pocket with you know courage and step up and rip throws when they know for sure they're not getting touched. And that's another thing for Brock. Like, what are you going to look like in an actual game with quote unquote live bullets, knowing this arm of yours was just under the knife four or five months ago? Are you going to have that same poise and courage that you had last year? Or are you going to make business decisions like every other injured player ever? So we'll have to see. Like, that's why preseason is very important. And also with Trey, you've you've translated, you've taken the, the work you did with Peter, what's his name? Christensen. So far, it's translated to the practice field. Great. Take it to the field. What about when the, what about when the bullets are flying? You're really not thinking about mechanics, and you're thinking about not getting hurt because you got hurt last year too. All that stuff. Yeah, I just, like I said, I mean, for me, that's how I decided to start it. I, I do know for a fact, I'll give Jack as a great example. He says the way that he charts it is he counts every throw, and, and that is added, so... Let's say I had Brock yesterday, six of seven. In that situation, because I had four sacks, 
he would have had Brock nine of 10 because, and that would have been the discrepancy, but then he would also know, Hey, he would have been sacked X amount of times. So it's just, you just have to pay attention. Nobody's trying to like paint a narrative or, you know, well, not nobody. I'm not going to say nobody. Some people may be, I know I'm not trying to paint a narrative that one quarterback is better than the other by doing my stats this way. I just have to explain how my stats are done because it is potentially very different and definitely is different from some of the other people. Uh, Grant, you look like a 13 year old next to Jesse. I, 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 I'm taking that. I feel like, I think it's the chair. Yeah, there we go. Now there we go. See, see, I'm actually, I'm six foot one. This is true. Some people think that I'm five foot seven. It says it online, but I'm not. I was five foot seven at one point in my life. Uh, got you. Coach G, Brock will not win a Super Bowl unless Uncle Rico, Uncle Rico on standby. Man. Sheridan says, y'all in the same place is trippy as fuck. Love the show. Thank you. <laughs> Mike drops with Monza says, thoughts on Avery's uh, excretion on Kyle with Trey's mechanics. That was interesting. Quincy Avery, take it, take it away. Ooh, I didn't see. Whoa. What? No, I didn't, well, hold on. What? I didn't, I'm not on Twitter as much. I'm literally out there to like promote my stuff, and that's all I care about. Sorry. Holding, holding. I'm. Okay. Okay. So this was great. So this was yesterday. Um, Quincy Avery says, "Oh, this is like a whole thing that went on." Quincy Avery says, I'm, I'm confused. What's y'all beef with Trey Lance? Honestly, one of the best humans I've been around. Plato, who's one of these big Brock's guys, says, it's not Trey Lance the person we have a problem with. It's Trey Lance the player. Quincy Avery goes, you've barely seen him play. Then, yo, Adrian says, how many of your former clients have to overhaul their mechanics after working with you? Quincy Avery says, none. Trey didn't work with me after draft prep. Kyle wanted him to work with someone who knew his system. So you would probably be better. So you would probably be better advised to talk to Kyle about that. Wow. And Kyle said he doesn't do that. Okay. I'm glad that that's out in the ether because I've known this for two years and I've kept my fucking mouth shut on this because I know coach McAvoy, who is Avery's right-hand man. And I was told that in confidence and asked not to say it. Wow. So yes, he put it out in the ether. So now I can talk about it. They strictly asked him not to work with Avery after he was drafted. So that means everything that was done mechanically that changed or was an issue was not on them. It was 100% on Kyle Shanahan and the development of Trey Lance. So I'm glad that's out in the ether. Thank you, Avery, for doing so. He definitely got into the weeds with the worst 49er fan accounts out there, and I'm glad that it happened. So you're telling me that, hold on. You're telling me that John Beck fucked up. I'm telling you that whatever happened with mechanics is not necessarily on Avery and them. That's, That's all I'm going to. So John Beck fucked up. Okay, good to know. My uh, interesting Manny Fresh. It seems like the most report, like most reports are tearing down Trey. Yeah, until about three hours ago. Mm -hmm. It's funny how that went. Adam, thank you. Adam, how do you, how do you pronounce that? Ula Bunaga. Ula Bunaga. I like that. That's a good name. Hey, Niners Rule says props to Monster for the excretion drop. Yeah, that's a funny-ass thing. All right, I'm kind of running out of time here, and I'm exhausted, but why don't we hear this is a good one. Is the offensive line an issue? Like, It's something you usually don't talk about or see until your quarterback gets hurt or your running backs get stuffed in the backfield. So it's something that like kind of goes under the radar 
until the first preseason game. And then it's like, oh, damn, this sucks. But there are indicators in camp. What are you seeing? Yeah. I don't want to go as far as to say it's a full issue yet, but it's definitely something worth monitoring. Right now, the reason that I said that the 49ers offensive line could take a step forward was because I felt like the triple Bs in the middle of that offensive line, that's what I'm going to call them, triple Bs. You don't like it. Yeah, there you go. Triple Bs in the middle of the offensive line. I thought they could all take a step forward and would take a step forward going into their second year starting. So even if McKivitz was slightly worse than McGlinchey, they would still be potentially better. I have to say, so far, it's very early, but Burford, to me, looks like he's not improved. Just based off of what I've seen in the one-on-one drills and even in the 11-on-11s, he's kind of getting manhandled on a regular basis. So I think that's something to point out. Now, McKivitz has done really well in the one-on-one drills, but then when they get to 11-11, he's given up a sack two straight days. So take that for what it's worth. I know the 49ers have a really good defensive line. However, that defensive line does not have Bosa right now. So that's a little bit concerning because they play a lot of really good defensive lines this year. I also think another issue here is we're seeing with Brock is he's standing still. Like when he plays in games or when he did play in games, he would run around a lot. He would all sometimes run around when he didn't need to. And we heard what Kyle said. We heard what Greasy said. They don't want him to do that. They want him to execute the offense, not to freelance. Because when you freelance as a quarterback, that means you make it your own. That's my play now. I'm making something happen. That's Kyle's offense. You understand? One thing, like, I feel like every quarterback has to sign a waiver when they come to the 49ers. Like, hey, this is not yours. This belongs to Kyle, and he will, uh, you better treat it with care. So with Brock, you see him standing still, taking sacks, being indecisive. And I think we saw that with Jimmy a long time ago. He had a, when he first came to the Niners, he looked like Tony Romo. He looked like he could freelance. He could, make plays look like a playmaker next season 2018 he came back he was a robot and i'm afraid that kyle turns his quarterbacks into robots and that's what we're gonna see well it's interesting that you say that because i know that the first press conference that we saw from brock purdy this year he talked about how he needed to be better playing under shanahan's system and i know that that was like one of the things that we talked about that week right here on 49ers after dark saying okay that sounds good yes you want to cut down on maybe some of the mistakes and being more on time but at what point are you taking the things that make you good and now turning them into weaknesses because you need to play within the system i'm not sure that i'm that i like hearing that and based off of what we've seen from him he's not getting mobile and it's not like they're told to not get mobile because the other quarterbacks are getting mobile so why is that? I'm not quite sure if that's a, a conscious decision by him because he's just trying to work back and he wants to step up in the pocket and learn to do that. Or if he's being told something and coached a certain way, I don't know, something to monitor as well. Yeah, if if there's a combination of Brock Purdy trying to be a little bit more earnest and, and stay in the pocket and do what his coaches say and an offensive line that's worse than pass protection, heaven help him. Heaven help him. But yeah, this is something definitely to monitor. And maybe they shouldn't be playing him in the preseason if he's if they can't protect him. Because if they get him hurt in the preseason, uh, God, God help us. Kim Naylor <laughs> says, thanks for babysitting my husband all week. Feel free to keep him for a couple more days. P.S. The boys say hi. They're obviously watching. Hello, Maddox. Hello, Dalton. Daddy misses you. See you soon. Love you. 
It was important for Jesse to prove to everyone that he knew his kids' names right there. That's why he said them. Uh, that's a bigger deal than you think because Antonio Cromartie does not remember his kids' names. <laughs> uh, Bill says, uh, who be quarterback at the end of the season prediction? Brandon Allen. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan. Um, no, Trey Lance. I'm going to say Trey Lance. Coach G says, who has the better shot at winning a Super Bowl? Anyone? The Chiefs, because they have Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Manny Fresh says, off topic, how's Womack looking? Good, but I think the story of camp so far is Deshaun Jameson, 22. Uh, undrafted free agent rookie, he's the one. Off, uh, Colton looks surprised he's starting an interview. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, uh, Jason, I had to go uh, Beverly Hills cop laugh for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Noah says, has Trey grown enough to be as productive as BP? I don't know if BP is, is, is can be as productive as BP right now. Brooks says John Beck was over nine as a starter with ass stats to match the film, and Kyle asked him to be the quarterback tutor. Does he know any real quarterback? I had to hit him with the Eddie Murphy laugh, man. Yeah, that's a good question, dog. I don't know, man. Uh, my job with Monza says through seven days last year, 229 pass attempts this year, 157. Interesting. Interesting. I'd rather be Lena. Pause. That's a crazy two. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. Sorry, Clayton, but it made you give me $2, so it worked out. That's the beauty of, of pretending to be Lena. You just get hella money all the time. Uh, the collab we all needed, says Keenan. Um, Mrs. Naylor goaded, buy her some diamond. Oh, yeah. If you ever meet her in person, she's diamond out, I promise you. You're going to buy her the stuff that Gretzky skates on. What's that mean? Ice. He's going to buy me diamonds. Anyway, all right. You've been at training camp. You're going to be there for the next three days. Give me some takeaways, non-quarterback related. You can't talk about quarterbacks. And then we're done. All right. So I know one of the concerns is what does it look like opposite of Bosa? Telling you right now, Drake Jackson has the potential to be really, really good. He is taking over practice at times. During the one-on-one drills, he's dominant. During... The 11 on 11s, he's getting home or near home very often. He looks really good or McKivitz looks really bad. That is also a possibility, but I do want to point that out. I would also say that the biggest takeaway that I have other than that would be the coaches and how hands-on they are other than Kyle. I don't know what his deal is, but Chris Kosterik is consistently between each snap, getting on the field, yelling at his defensive line. You can tell why he is the best defensive line coach in the NFL. And Wilkes, very interesting, and Rohan brought this up on my show, and I'm going to steal this take. I wonder if he decides to actually call plays from the booth all year long because he is extremely hands-on in the moment. And as soon as a player gets to the sideline, he's immediately in their ear and coaching. So at what like he has to find that tipping point. Is it worth it to see the field better for play calls or should you be in there in the moment coaching your players? I'm not sure. He'll decide that, but I think it is an interesting thing to think about. It is interesting. If I always felt if I were a play caller, I'd want to be in the booth. I'd want to see the whole field. I'd Because I feel like you would miss things. Um, but 
and that's how Kyle was. Maybe it's different offense, defense. Maybe defense, you want to be down there. But offense, I'd want to be upstairs. I want to see everything. I could communicate. I could relay information. That's how I am. But no, that's interesting. Uh, Wilkes is, a, I love watching Wilkes coach, and it really underscores who doesn't. Anyway, <laughs> Deshaun Jameson, I mentioned him earlier. He's a big deal. Uh, Diamador Lenore, like, I totally wrote him off. Maybe it was the 38 jersey, yeah. but now that he's wearing number two, I got to say, like, he is a real competitor. He has to face Brandon Ayuk every day, and he essentially loses that matchup most of the time, but he keeps coming back, and it's making him a lot better. It's made him so much better because even though he's not as good as Brandon Ayuk, he competes with him, and facing someone that's better than you absolutely makes you better yeah. if you don't shy away from it. Yeah. So I have so much respect for Diamador Lenore. If he's watching, I take it all back. I'm sorry. I don't know what I said. I don't know if you even know me, but I do really respect your game. And just because you're 5'10 doesn't mean you can't be a good corner. So him, um, Marcelino. Marcelino for sure. And then on offense, I love Jordan Mason. He's fumbled a couple times, but I'm going to give him grace because he runs hard and the people in offense are trying to like fight back because the defense is so disrespectful and rude and violent. And he's one of the guys who fights back. Like he, he's a, he hurts. He he hits people. He delivers the blow. I like him a lot, but you already knew that. He really does look like Marshawn Lynch. I mean, ev everything from when he gives the ball back to the, to the ref to spot it, he, the way he walks, the way he carries himself physically. Also, if we're going to talk about him, let's talk about his route running. I was shocked at how good of a route runner he is. He's getting open quite a bit. Now, he and the quarterbacks have not necessarily been on the same page. Otherwise, there's some completions that could have happened. But also in the one-on-ones, he's very, very shifty. I did not know that about him. He actually, I think, if CMC, either they want to give him some rest or if he goes down with an injury, God forbid, I think he could possibly be the next man up because that route running was not something I expected to see. Yeah, between those two and Elijah Mitchell, they should have a really dominant run game. And when they were really good in 2019, when they didn't have a slow start, they ran the fuck out of the ball. That's how they did it. That was the scientific way that they went 8-0. They ran the fuck out of the ball. And the last few years, they haven't been able to because their starter gets hurt week one or week two every year. Mostert, Elijah, like they need their offense is very running back centric dependent and i feel like even if christian mccaffrey gets hurt week one they're three deep you know i, I tidy of his price has been good in this camp i don't know how good he is but he's been better and i like Kalen uh labor and two so they seem very deep at the position that makes their offense go yeah i just gotta say this um I forgot to tell my kids that this is a NSFW stream with Grant. Sorry. We we get crazy. Sorry, we, we get crazy after. Dark. Sorry, Kim. Sorry, it's my fault. Kim was happy with me, but now she takes the money back. Um, uh, let's take these. Uh, Miss Naylor goaded. Buy her some diamond. Yup. Mass Martyr says revenge of the nerds. LOL. Coach G says that laugh is more like revenge of the nerds. Uh, Mike dropped with Monza says that was Revenge of the Nerds laugh all day. No, it's the Eddie Murphy laugh. No, it's the Eddie Murphy laugh. Uh, <laughs> I feel like Jesse's been babysitting Grant. <laughs> House of Jello. Did you guys listen to Mace on the way from the airport? No, no, no. He had his own car. Um, Bang Bang Four One Five says if Allen starts at any point, I will move to Seattle and fight off Seattle fans till I die. Pretty or Lance, I'll roll with them. Shout out, Lowell. 
Uh, Jason says Jair Brown not doing much to stand out yet. Uh, here's what I'll say about the defensive backs, and it's really hard when you're – the focus is on the quarterbacks. That's what everybody wants to hear about. But what happens is certain players will flash while you're watching that process, and those are the ones that you're going to shout out. Jair Brown is not flashing, but we're also not talking about him. And remember, as an offensive lineman and a defensive back, if you're not being talked about, that's usually a good thing. It means you're doing your job most of the time. So I'll just say that. <laughs> yes. Kurt, Kurt Garrett says, uh, would love for you to ask Kyle something like, how would you describe your coaching style? Obviously, Wilkes and Chris are very hands-on, but they also aren't calling plays, so he doesn't get defensive. Oh, he'll find a way to get defensive. How would you describe your coaching style? Obviously, Wilkes and Chris are very hands-on, but they also aren't calling plays. Interesting. That would really piss him off. Let's do that. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> Thank you, Kurt. Um, I think we're done with the show. I think we made it. Wow. This has been an all-timer. 1,700 people watching. How many Super Chats? 87 super chats one for a lap dance although it wasn't enough but someone came back in put us over the top we talked about adam 22 letting the plug we talked about we covered a lot of ground your kids were watching the whole time your your wife wrote in told you to stay longer that hurts but you know what kim he's coming back to you in a few days baby he's all yours baby you got him now he's been great he's been a great Host, I mean, guest, I've been the host. And I'm done. Thank you very much, everyone. English has escaped me. Are y'all having a slumber party tonight? Yeah, I'm going to bed at night, 8.30. <laughs> Dustin the Gale says, whatever happened to uh, Jacor Pearson? Wasn't he good? Yeah, they didn't give him any love. I don't know. I'm mad about that, but not that mad. Thank you very much, everyone. I will be back tomorrow or something. Do I? No, you're good. All right, goodbye. <laughs>